Hi everyone, it's Olga Zar from SEO Sly. Welcome to SEO Podcast by SEO Sly. Today I have a special guest. This is Natalie. Natalie, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you, Olga. How are you today? Yeah, I am great. I am great. I am still kind of still getting back to reality after vacation, even though it's been a month since I came back, but it's still <laughs> very busy. It's always yeah. difficult, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Can you briefly introduce yourself to the audience in case someone doesn't know you, but I remember you very clearly from the live launch, I think, of the book, SEO in 2023 or two? I don't remember. I've been on both of them. So yeah, yeah I'm okay. Natalie... So both. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Natalie Arney. I am an SEO consultant based in Brighton in the UK. Um, I work across all three pillars of SEO and I help all kinds of businesses um, with all of their SEO needs and customer acquisition. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. So you are so you have your like your own uh, consultancy or do you do you work somewhere? So I work for myself, I'm, so I'm freelance, um, and I, yeah, I work work with all different kinds of businesses. Okay. Um, yeah, it's great fun. Okay, so just like me. Okay, so let's get started with the beginnings, and can you tell me when you started your journey with SEO, and like what year, and how it all started? Yeah, so, oh, like many people, I stumbled across SEO. Um, I, in a previous in a previous life or a previous career, I taught business studies and information technology um, uh -huh. or computing um, at a secondary school. So I taught 11 to 16 year olds. And um, yeah, I got ill um, and I needed a new career because obviously when you're dealing with chronic illnesses and um, te teaching is, is difficult for people who don't have chronic illnesses and you're working yeah. long hours, for you know not the best pay although it's really rewarding as a career um i needed to find something that i could match my skills up i've got a marketing degree and i've been i'd been doing pr as a as a, in a voluntary role and um, for, for guiding in the uk um in my local area and uh one of my friends who worked at an agency in brighton um she knew that I was looking for a new career and she thought that I would suit SEO because, um, yeah, it covered covered all of my knowledge from about marketing and about um, about. Well, I, I taught, you know, kind of top, really top line back in the Dreamweaver days of uh -huh. um, building websites um, and, and obviously Flash. RIP. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, um, I was able to obviously bring my tech skills and my kind of marketing and PR skills over to SEO. Um, I started off as a um, content intern um, in an in an agency in uh, in the area, and then what I um, then did was I kind of went um, to the more kind of digital marketing executive roles for a couple of years before specializing and going into um into jellyfish and becoming an seo executive and mm -hmm. really progressing um through through there making sure that you know my knowledge was uh was a, was as much as a, you know as i wanted um so yeah i've worked in-house um but also agent so a lot of my work i've done agency side um, and then, yeah, I went in-house in 2018. Um, I was able to build my own team. Was, or maybe oh. it was 20, 2017, I think it was. Okay. <laughs> and um, basically, I was in a scale-up. Um, so a business that had been running for a number of years, but wasn't really getting um, what it needed in terms of attention to growth. Mm -hmm. uh, they brought on a new MD and they hired a a really good dev team and really started to focus on building the business out and then I was part of that um, and I headed up the marketing department um, built my team from myself and a couple of interns to myself and a seven strong team um, all of which you know they're all fantastic marketers and fantastic SEOs and yeah they're the, the growth there was fantastic um, and then I left there um, 
looking to kind of grow my career even further and the next step for me I felt was to go freelance so wow yeah, that's, that's, that's very very how it all went <laughs> That's really a varied experience and your set of skills from your previous life really seems like ideal for that. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> yeah, so what was exactly the year you started, kind of you dropped that previous career? So I started in 2012, so I, I finished okay. teaching in 2012 and then I got my first, um, my first proper like executive, digital marketing executive role after the internship in the autumn okay. of that year. Um, but I did the internship in about May 2012. Yeah. So more than more than 10 years into into SEO. Yeah, just yeah. over now. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. I'm also like around 10 now. It's hard for me to exactly say whether it was 2012, but around that time as well. <laughs> okay. So you started freelancing and what were the beginnings of that? Did you start when you had a client already? Because this is something I have also done recently, like in November, in October, I went fully freelance and I was preparing, waiting for that for many years. And what about you? So, yeah, I was, I was similar. So I didn't have, when I, when I left, um my my role I did have a client um so I waited until I did have a client so that I knew that I was able to pay my bills and things uh -huh. I know that some people are privileged privileged enough to not be able to have to do that um but yeah I was um I was waiting for a client I, I was offered a contracting role um and then I was able to then bring on additional clients um and I kept the contracting um client the contracting client for over well over a year or two um uh -huh. I finished working up with them in the autumn last year um I've worked with them on all kinds of things lots of migrations lots of oh. um, site acquisitions and all kinds of things like that and a fantastic team um and then yeah I've got got my own clients that I work with um but yeah it was a kind of wait until I got something that I was then able to progress into um, I had the clients and the, and the kind of having the guarantees that I, that, that I was able to pay my bills was obviously a priority for me. Um, so yeah, I, I made sure that I had that and then I, and then I went from there. Yeah. Yeah. Similar with me. Yeah. I also needed to have a bunch of clients before <laughs> I did, I made that decision. Can you tell more or less how many clients do you have or if, is it just you or do you have someone else to help you? like a VA or some business partner? So it's it mainly me. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, I do have, I do have my obviously accountant and things like that um, and financial advisors. And I'm uh -huh. not very good at, I'm not very good at kind of like the accounting side of things. So yeah, that was yeah. my priority when I went freelance was to find myself a good accountant. Um, that was like top of my list. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I found a fantastic uh, fantastic accountants that I've been been with from day one and um, they were recommended to me by a friend and obviously you know word of mouth is so important um so yeah I, I made sure that I've got my own accountant they're really proactive as well so I think top tip if anyone's figuring out to go freelance um make sure that you get yourself a good um uh -huh. reactive and proactive accountant that's able to give you good advice um and not have to wait for you to tell them to do something or they will ask you and inform you about things uh -huh. um and then i have um a, a va who helps me with the kind of the more admin -y side of things as well so that i can actually get on and get and make sure that the the business side of things um is 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 running alongside me actually being able to give Give, give the best that I can to my clients because at the end of the day they're hiring you and your expertise and your time um, and all of the admin and the other things if you can outsource yeah. them um, it's, it's the best thing to do because yeah it makes it so much more enjoyable that way yeah exactly same, same here same here Okay, and uh, is there something else you do besides client work like affiliate websites or stuff like that um, not at the, at the moment. I do have a couple of sites that I dabble in, but it's nothing uh -huh. kind of on the, on the big side of things. Um, 
yeah, I just I mainly use my sites that I do have um, for testing. I did have uh-huh. a, like a food and lifestyle blog, um, but I've just not had the chance to kind of update it. I used to be a lot more active in the blogging community. Um, and yeah, it was it was it was back in the day. It was great fun. Um, but now it's more of a kind of test and learn platform for me um, to, to just uh-huh. test things out for myself uh-huh. and my clients. Okay, can you can you share a bit about the SEO testing you do? I'm very curious to learn. <laughs> so it's not nothing big scale. It's just things like if something new and interesting and exciting comes along, what how much impact is that going to have on the site um, that, that I own? Um, I I've not dabbled really in the whole. I know that people, I know that people do have testing sites. For example, um, Mark Williams Cook was saying that he had a test site that he puts a lot of kind of AI content on yeah. um, and obviously shares the impact of that. So I'm, I, I don't kind of test things as much as that, um, but it's more the case of kind of testing my skills, seeing if things like certain plugins work. Um, it's, it's almost as, <laughs> they're almost as if they're like kind of staging sites rather than anything yeah. else. Obviously the, the environment's not gonna be exactly the same as my client site, but if I have sites on the same or similar platforms, then obviously looking and seeing how things go, um, that, that's good for me. Um, and also I kind of le- use them on a, as I mentioned, the learning side of things, um, aside from the testing, um, it's more kind of, me learning more about potentially like the dev side of things Uh um whether it's um you know creating different tests and things yeah there's there's all different things that I use these sites for that I kind of just play around and then I I guess more more the side of tinkering um as we say here in the UK the uh the tinkering phase is kind of playing around giving things a test learning uh-huh. whether things go wrong or not um and seeing how how things are there yeah yeah so. sure sure in the past like i i created like tons of websites like most of them are of course not here any longer but i still have a bunch and I would say I do similar things like UI test this, test that, and I'm not afraid of breaking things up with them. Mm-hmm. I created one site purely with AI, but this oh, is still too fresh and I am mm-hmm. waiting for for things to clear. But I'm seeing now that the site is actually like getting traffic and impressions in GSC. But we'll mm-hmm. see what happens after like Google gets better and at understanding whether content is actually helpful and we'll see where it goes and where do you stand regarding chat gpt and helping you create content with ai or creating content with ai would you recommend that to your clients um i hate saying it depends (laughs) but we have to say that yeah exactly i think we have to say that and i think the the issues that do surround it and i've had a lot of conversations with people about it um there are obviously so many caveats that we need to be um kind of communicating with Mm -hmm. people um and i i'm not scared of it um what i am worried about is so much rubbish being on the internet and the internet being an even less of a helpful place because of it um obviously just from speaking to people that aren't in the SEO world and even even people in the SEO world um, about it, um, the assumptions that people have about how people think that it's able to crawl the internet yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and things like, you know, it's going to give you the freshest information. It's obviously not going to give you the freshest information. However, for certain things, it might give you inspiration. So, for, um, you know, a while ago, I was, um, playing around with Lex and again it's things like you know using using these tools um, for us as a springboard rather than actually creating the content yeah. purely um, or being able to kind of 
create a draft to then go through and edit it and expand on it, rewrite it, make sure that you've got your sources, which again, ChatGPT doesn't have. Yeah, likes to make um, them up. Yeah, and obviously the legal implications with regards to um, attribution um, yeah. is, a big, is a big thing. Um, you know, people aren't aware of where this original information is from. And actually last night I watched a video, um, I watched lots of YouTube, uh, there's a YouTuber that I watch, um, her name's Grace, her YouTube's Grackle, she does a lot of, her, most of her content isn't SEO based, however, mm. last um, on her most recent video that I watched last night, um, what she did was she, um, she's, she's a trained uh, baker, and she used ChatGPT to create some recipes for her and tested them out just to oh. see, you know, whether they worked or not. Some um, of them were, some of them were more successful than others. Let's just say that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then another thing that I find funny is um, with regards to ChatGPT as well is I'm quite a creative person and I have a lot of creative hobbies. So I love baking. I love crafting. Um, oh. I love the, there's a, there's an, there's a few people that have tested um, chat GPT with creating crochet patterns. Now I'm so bad oh. at crocheting. Um, it can create patterns and obviously people used it and created the, uh, created the things that the patterns were meant to be for with hilarious consequences. So at the moment, it's more of a sense of kind of entertainment for me rather than being able to create, you know, that good quality content that's going to be really topical, really fresh, um, really well sourced um, and everything to do with Google's obviously quality, what counts as quality content. Um, but yeah, from the from the amusement side of things, it can be quite funny. Yeah. Um, there's a really good um, talk. There were, there's some really good mentions about um, ChatGPT at Women in Tech SEO Festival that I was at on Friday. Um, and a quote was about um, chat GPT is like your friend who's had a few drinks. Um, they will talk, talk about something that's quite, you know, they sound quite knowledgeable. Um, but at the same time, there will be massive gaps and there will be things that are wrong. So I would say, yeah, um, rather than buyer beware, user beware, make sure that you um, check your sources, make sure that you source things properly. Um, make sure that you quantify well it's not just about quantifying the quality of the of the content but also making sure that you are, you evaluate the quality of the content that you're creating um, do that extra bit of research to get those extra facts in because obviously that's what we're here for we're here to create the most helpful and useful content for users and for searchers. Um, and if we're relying on a tool to create every single piece of content um, and it's not different from our competitors, then how are we going to be able to stand out? Yeah, so yeah, exactly. you know, if you're gonna do that, find additional data sources, get quotes from, um, from really helpful people, um, do a little bit of more up-to-date searching to find out these extra, this extra information because at the end of the day, we're looking for our EEAT. Yeah. So how are we gonna get that from, from AI? We're not always gonna get it from AI. Um, so yeah, really, if you're gonna use it, enhance, enhance the content that you create with it as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was also, uh, trying to use it, using it to help me create the content for, for my website. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I have to really check every single sentence, sentence it writes, because especially with content about SEO, of course it can, uh, it allows me to write faster, to write more, but every single sentence about even a very, like a very basic SEO concept, like a sitemap, it made so many mistakes that I had to like correct everything and ask it to ask it to rewrite it. But still I like to use it because I'm not a native English speaker. And sometimes, mm -hmm. and when I ask it to paraphrase, it actually sounds very nice, yeah. but yes, I have to be very careful. And I have to, if I want it to talk about a specific aspect of, let's say a sitemap, I need to feed it with exactly what I want to talk about. And then actually it can make a, a good job of it. But yeah, I wouldn't just ask it to write and hit publish. Yeah, there are a few people that are doing that. And it's yeah. like, 
I'm doing it on a test site. Yes, on a test site, but on, on like on the main site, I, I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> that's the benefit of having a test site you can do so much and test right. it and just see because you're not going to lose anything or yeah. I, if, if it's obviously you know make sure that your test sites aren't you know super successful and they aren't places where you're driving a lot of revenue and a lot of income for yourself um but yeah yeah if it's if it's just getting traffic and and you're not it's not conversion led it's kind of pure play informational yeah. piece, uh, website play around see what you can do, see what works. Um, and obviously every niche is going to be different as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, you, you mentioned you were uh, in at the Women in Tech SEO Festival. So how yeah. was it? Were you a speaker or were you were just attending? So I was a, an attendee. I've been to every single one so far. Oh. It's always a fantastic event. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to um, the US one as well? No, no, I'm, I'm not, not, not quite that fanatical about the community. Uh -huh. Okay. <laughs> I wish, I wish, but obviously, I think um, there's so many people, obviously, in the US that really that couldn't come to the UK event, and yeah. um, obviously, being able to give everyone the chance to get a ticket would be, you know, the the best yeah. thing. Um, I do. I if anyone hears this and wants to kind of contribute or take part. Um, I think the best, and, and you're not in the in the US or you can't travel to the US. Um, one of the things that um, women in tech SEO do, which is fantastic, is um, you can buy scholarship, you can buy tickets, so you can donate tickets to people who potentially might have been made redundant or might be oh. struggling financially. Um, so there is an opportunity. Um, to, usually to be able to purchase a ticket for someone else that might not be it, being able to uh, um, get a oh, ticket otherwise. So yeah, if anyone does want to help out, um, whether you're in another country or whether you're not a woman, um, that's that's one of the best ways to, to be okay. able to contribute to the community. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And you are based in Brighton, which is like, yeah yeah so you probably <laughs> have you been to every brighton conference so far not everyone no <laughs> um but most of them since i obviously joined the community and started in brighton like yeah, yeah, yeah. started working in seo um i've been to most of them um yeah seasoned attendee i would say and uh -huh. super passionate um i do have one of the things that um that i'm really passionate about about Brighton but also about Brighton SEO um, uh -huh. is I have a guide on my blog um, a lot of people have use it and know it already um, but I have a guide on my blog and also I've created a custom Google map with all of the food drink and coffee places oh. that I recommend in that area um, because yeah I'm such I'm, I'm a foodie but I'm also so passionate about small businesses and supporting uh -huh. small businesses um, and in particular because of all obviously because of the economic um, issues and pressures that everyone's feeling at the moment um, it's it's so important to be able to support small business I see check Instagram every day and there's so much sad news about businesses closing uh -huh. um, so obviously being able to when people do visit Brighton, for them to be able to support small local businesses that aren't too far from the venue and that create great food, have fantastic services. Um, that's, that's you know, one of my passions. So you have like your main website about uh, what you do and do you also like publish, how often do you publish there? So, um, yeah, I don't really publish too much on my own blog, um, on my own website. That's something I... <laughs> I, yeah. I, I feel like the I feel like the um the shoemaker the shoemakers yeah, yeah, yeah. my website's a bit like that that I do so much for other people but I don't do enough for myself you don't have time um, yeah. yeah but with my article with the food because obviously I do like eating out going out to eat and trying new places um that's the part of my website that I do try and update as much as I can okay okay and how do you get new clients as a freelancer or do you or you just have so many of them that you don't even think about getting new ones <laughs> so new client wise it's a bit of a mixture um i would probably say a lot of my business comes from referrals so whether that's from other professionals um other seos other digital prs um 
other people in the marketing industry who know of a business that needs SEO uh-huh. help. Um, or um, it might be referrals from other clients. So I've had other clients okay. of mine um, referring people that they know to me um, because obviously they like what I do for them. Um, I also get a few from social media, um, mainly from Twitter and from LinkedIn um, and a few from my site as well. So it's a nice it's a nice mixture of lots of different things. Um, I don't do too much kind of in-person networking aside from SEO events. And that's something I really want to kind of dip my toes into in the next year or so, because we've got so many kind of networking uh, events and opportunities here in Brighton. Um, mm. But yeah, that's main, mainly referrals and social media, I would say. Yeah, yeah, the same with me. I haven't really been to an in-person conference about SEO yet. And my first one is going to be in, in Brighton this year. Oh, so I hope to meet you there because I assume yeah. you're going to be there. <laughs> that would yeah. be amazing. Yeah, it yeah. would be so good yeah. to meet you. Like, I, I'm also like so curious how it will all look like, like who will be there because like, yeah, I've been like living under rock for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> one of the best things about about Brighton and about women in tech SEO is meeting people that you have either looked up to yeah. um, or also people that you've spoken to um, online and you've never had the opportunity to meet yeah. them whether that's obviously for work or for health or for pandemic you know there's so many reasons so I was able I haven't seen um, a couple of people from um from the SEO community in a couple of years and I was able to to reconnect with them at Women in Tech SEO um, last week um, oh. which was fantastic it was so nice to catch up with people that I hadn't seen so for example Christina Azarenko um, I hadn't seen her since just before obviously lockdown and everything uh-huh. so the couple of years ago um women in tech seo so it was great to see her again and some other people that i'd not seen and that were able to travel um and i got to meet some amazing people that i'd spoken to through the community um for example tori gray who is an amazing mm-hmm. one a wonderful woman um and her fantastic team so yeah there was you know there's so many great people um in the community to to meet to go for a coffee with or to just sit in a talk and chat with there's yeah it's it's one of the best things about the community definitely yeah yeah so yeah I I have to I have to wait still like uh, a month or something (laughs) it will fly by it'll fly by and you'll have the best time yeah yeah and I'm definitely going going to use your guide (laughs) because like I have never been to Brighton so so this Mm. is going to be like super super new and interesting to me Oh, you'll love it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so tell me more about your work. So you say you you are you work from uh, like you do all the types of SEO. You are not focused on just like auditing. You are doing everything. So how is it working out for you? What are the challenges? I'm curious to learn because for me, for example, link building is something that I don't do. I don't have any experience with. So if if a client wants building I have to look for for an external vendor so it's it's a mixed bag I would say and so the reason why I do I work across all three pillars is a quite an interesting story in itself Uh Um, so when I was when I was start first starting out in my career I really wanted to find what I was best at and what I enjoyed the most and um, I couldn't find it I enjoyed things to everything too much um and I wanted to continue with it um I was lucky enough to be given opportunities in the agencies that I worked in to be able to work across the different pillars and to progress my knowledge across different ways and as someone who you know my my goal um that I set myself before obviously before I went freelance was to become a head of department which obviously I managed to do Uh um but I in my head I was like I can't be a head of department until I at least knew a little bit about each thing Um, because I work on the premise that if you don't know too much if you you, if you know a little bit about 
everything, you're able to consult and give recommendations. Um, uh -huh. And if you aren't the expert in something, then you can refer other people, um, which is which is fantastic. However, I find myself working with a lot of smaller clients. And when I worked for smaller agencies, um, it was the same thing. So I've worked for you know, the big agencies. So I've worked for Jellyfish and iCrossing on, on massive blue chip companies where you see mm -hmm. a lot of my work was, although I was doing kind of technical SEO, I was also helping out on the content side of things, um, giving ideas for campaigns and things. Um, mm. But then um, when I was working in smaller agencies, I found myself doing everything anyway. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and, and I yeah. and I aim, I, a lot of my clients that I work with are small businesses and they don't have the ability to kind of work with a technical person and a link, and a link builder and a content um, person so being able to have someone who could jump um, between all three of those whenever yeah. it's needed um, and prioritize what is needed at that time and be able to kind of have the focus on the business and the, the business's needs and divert my ex, um, my expertise wherever is needed um, I find that's really really powerful um, one day, so I've got a cl one client, for example, I've been doing my reports and my updating my roadmaps and my monthly updates and things like that of what's what I'm planning to do this month. Um, for most of my cl clients, I have a little, I do a little bit of reactive PR anyway, um, uh -huh. which, um, so, you know, if there's a journalist request, I'm not going to say no and I'm not going to not put my client forward to get to get them quoted in an, a multinational newspaper, for example, or on a specialist website. Um, so I do a little bit of reactive PR for them. Um, and then for a lot of my clients, um, for this one in particular, <laughs> I'm doing an internal linking audit. Um, I'm doing some page speed work. Um, and um, I'm, also, <laughs> I'm also planning out some content pillars for them. Okay. Um, so it's yeah, it's a it's a mixed bag, but I think for, for them as, as a small business, um, having someone that's that's just specialised in one particular pillar of SEO isn't always beneficial for them. Um, but I obviously can bring the bring to the team kind of like the the ability to give the overview, but also from my experience, and now I've got quite a few quite yeah, a bit of experience. Quite a few. I'm able to work across the different sections people like me do exist I think some <laughs> people are like oh you can't be a, you know jack of all trades and master of one however I think if you've got the passion and the interest um then you can do really really well at the holistic side of SEO mm -hmm. um, and obviously as I mentioned before you know if there is something that I can't do for whatever reason um, I bring in a specialist. So, for example, you know, if there's dev fixes that need doing, bring in a developer. Um, and yeah, if if there's more kind of more, if there's anything that I can't do, setting up HubSpot, things like that, I, I I'll bring in a specialist, and and, uh -huh. and then I can uh, focus on you know, what actually can, can be paid off for for the clients. But yeah, I mean, for some clients, I do specialize in certain areas. Um, but for a lot of them, because they are small businesses or they do have small teams, um, I am a lot of the time the, the person for them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So again, quite similar to me. I, I thought mm. like because they, I also like have to sometimes do, uh, for example, optimizations for speed mm. or mm. stuff like that. And sometimes yeah. I need a developer to do some mm. things. Mm. Mm. <laughs> But you are probably more tech technical than than I am. I assume you do you do, do you do some coding? Like uh, do you have some coding knowledge experience? Yeah. So that from my teaching days. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. So there's a little bit from my teaching days. So being able to kind of bring bring those kinds of experiences in, I think obviously a lot of people do choose to specialize with their work, which is absolutely fine. Um, but for the clients that I like to work with, being able to bring a lot yeah. of like a lot of variety is 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 so beneficial for them. And to be able to kind of trust one person across yeah. the board um, and focus on and prioritize what's best for their business at that time. Um, yeah, 
Exactly. For example, if they didn't have a technical SEO, um, and for example, they might have. I'm taking a real life example um, uh-huh. where um, a dev error has caused um, a lot of canonicalization issues. Uh-huh. Um, um, if they if if they didn't have someone with the expertise to do that, then obviously me coming in and saying, you know, oh, I, I instead of instead of um, you know briefing some some content pieces this month I really need to divert my time onto this now um and then next month we can we can move on to the yeah and obviously when they've got quite a small budget I'm able to do that for them yeah yeah I totally I've been been there as well yeah yeah. (laughs) I think so many of us have been there especially freelance you know um you can't there are people that are lucky enough to be able to specialize which is fantastic um but at the same time having that kind of almost a almost a, a fractional head of SEO to bring into your business and 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 really kind of work across across the board is is so so beneficial for for many small and medium-sized businesses yeah yeah totally so you you do a lot of those things but if you were to name one like a favorite thing you do in your SEO work job what would it be think it would be content um Uh as in not writing content but the strategic side of things um I'm always so fascinated about um I'm always so fascinated about um content design um that's something that I've been reading a lot about at the moment um not just on the SEO side of things because obviously content design goes across the board across SEO across UX across so many different facets um and being able to um yeah to be able to create you know really impactful micro copies and things like that that's something that that I've been interested in in reading up on um at the moment um Uh yeah I would say content content strategy um being able to work with like really talented writers um to be able to do the research and to really make sure that the content on someone's website actually helps people um because yeah, you can you can create content as much as you like, but if it's not going to help people, then yeah. what's the point in creating it? Yeah, exactly. And if it's not like optimized at all for anything, then even if it's helpful, people won't find it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then I always have the analogy of like a website. I do have a few analogies, but a website I feel mm-hmm. like is like a house. And, um, you know, if you don't upkeep it, then certain things could go wrong. So if your kitchen is broken, then then there's issues. If your bathroom is broken, then there's issues. If your bed is broken, then and and it's the same with a website. So, you know, if if there's not if there's not good content that people might not link to your website. um, Exactly. if, If the technical side of your website isn't doesn't work um, for whatever reason. (laughs) <laughs> so people aren't going to find that content anyway google's not going to find that content so you're going to have to kind of amp up your other channels um but yeah it's 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 so important for me to kind of um be able to to bring the insight that i can wherever's needed whenever it's needed um and i'm meeting more and more people that do the do the same thing um and it's you know it's it's growing there's there are more people obviously diverse like kind of bringing the diverse um, route into into SEO where you're covering the holistic side of things, so all three pillars. But there's also people who are really kind of investing and really, um, really, I've lost the word now, (laughs) really (laughs) specialising in specific things as well, which is, Mm -hmm. which is fantastic to see too. Yeah, can you can you unpack a little bit more about your before creating the strategy for content for content and like how do you create pillar pages or do you create virtual silos like what's your approach there so a lot of the time I work on I guess hub and spoke theory uh-huh. um a lot of clients that I have um do have um maybe in a previous life or now uh-huh. <laughs> have experience in marketing so some of my clients for example um are software as a service um mm-hmm. in uh, yeah they're, they're software as a service products um and 
so they do have their a lot of them are experienced marketers or have experienced marketers in their team so they know about content pillars however they don't know about content pillars on the kind of the seo side of things uh-huh. um, and being able to work with them and really kind of sit down with them and they, they they're able to plan out obviously fantastic content calendars and i'm kind of like helping them put the icing on the cake because it's like we could have lots and lots of pieces of content that could do really really well and it's taking them it the next step further i do a lot of educating so obviously going back mm. to the teaching again um training in-house teams on how to how to yeah impactfully use seo mm-hmm. um and also, yeah, that um, it, it's really kind of important for um, people, whether they're an experienced marketer themselves, whether they're a junior or whether they've got nothing to do with marketing or don't want anything yeah. to do with marketing and want to just, you know, if, if they're a developer or they want to write all day to be able to understand, you know, what I'm here for. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think from from the from the content strategy side of things um i do obviously i do a lot of research um looking at competitor gaps is a big one for me Uh but also looking at um just general gaps in the market um i use a lot of different tools to find out what is trending um not just obviously for google but also on social media channels Um, Uh so looking at what's working what people are searching for on tiktok looking at what people are looking what hashtags are trending and what content is trending on twitter and on instagram mm-hmm. as well is i a lot of the time from the from the digital pr side of things and from the link acquisition yeah. side of things being able to create content that feeds into a certain trend or an emerging trend really really can can be beneficial um, and that's not obviously just to think of your kind of like your stereotypical you know fashion e-commerce brand that is it could be you know a really niche client that you can really find some really really helpful and important um, content that's shared on social media um, that might not even be um, on someone's radar for example if someone's not in in the SEO world, they have no idea that there's a whole group of people on Twitter just talking about SEO. They yeah. just don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's finding, you know, it's finding those kinds of things that people are talking about and actually, you know, feeding that in. Because again, going back to the authority, um, these people might be looking up to my clients or the clients might be looking to build their authority in a specific niche um, and creating content that's either on trending topics or on things that people are searching for, but they're not satisfied with the content that they're finding. Yeah, yeah. so I do a lot of research. Um, I work with my clients as well. So one of the things I learned from in-house was to work with your customer service and customer success teams, um, Uh especially as I mentioned with SaaS. Um, because they get so many questions every single day from yeah. who our customers and who do we need to orient the, the content to obviously potential customers but existing customers too so speaking to your customer um, customer service but also your customer success teams is so important finding out those questions because you know, as, as there's so much discussion going on at the moment, and as I mentioned previously, Mark Williams Cook and the team are also asked, really, really kind of honing in on this, there's zero search, um, where, yeah. you know, the tools will say there's no one searching for a specific, specific keyword. Yeah, However, yeah. that's through 12 months, you know. Um, it could be that in one month, eight people who have got a really strong intent are searching for that specific phrase or keyword. Um, and that could mean, for example, for a, for a SaaS company, that could mean a tens of thousands or even hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of contracts um, that these people are actively searching for answers and um, getting that confirmation bias from those brands that are taking up that SERP real estate. So it's it's so important to kind of find all of those little, yeah. little um, opportunities um, that, that my clients can create really, really good, helpful content about. And obviously you've got your standard, you know, your standard uh, stalwart <laughs> content. Um, 
and you've got your obviously you know your business news and things like that but mm -hmm. really creating helpful content that ranks that acquires links itself but is also great for opportunities for building links whether it's reactive whether it's outreaching um and yeah that's built on a really strong technical technically sound site that's that's obviously the dream and you know that's what i'm trying to get for all of my clients yeah yeah nice, nice. Mm. so many so many so many tips so many knowledge bombs you dropped <laughs> that's nice okay tell me uh how does your day look like what when do you start working when do you end is every day like the same or is it different do you work over weekends my days are I liked <laughs> it's a weird one so <laughs> I'm a creature of habit a lot of the time um so I work kind of I try and work as many hours well not as many hours but I try and stick to a timetable and mm -hmm. I block my time out because what I do is I find myself and I think it's a neurodivergence thing and it well I know it is um, uh -huh. <laughs> where um I can get easily distracted so I need to keep my focus. Um, but sometimes I get a bit too focused. So for example, today, I've been working on a content strategy for a client. I've been really getting into it. And then I've been setting up some reports. And then I went on to something else. And then I got to three o'clock and I didn't realize that I realized that I hadn't eaten my lunch. Yeah, I have the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> today I had my lunch at 2.30 p.m. Mm, because mm. a similar thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I can get really kind of hyper-fixated on getting getting things done. Um, it's just because I in, a lot of the time I enjoy it and I don't want to stop doing what I'm doing because at the same time, I don't want to lose my focus in what I'm doing. Um, sometimes as a way to cope with it, another tip, um, if you find that you do that a lot, but you know you need to take a break, um obviously have your pen and paper beside you and write down exactly what you're doing before you go so my office yeah. for example Great up tip. here yeah i so my office is away from the rest of my house so my house is on three floors um i'm on the third floor in the attic um and my my kitchen is right down the bottom so um i can't just get up and make myself um something to eat um, I do have a coffee machine, however. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but again, it's, you know, it's, it's being able to find ways that work for you. I know some people who will only work in the evenings or some people that work every morning of the week and then the rest of their time, even on, on the weekends, they'll work in the mornings. Um, so I think it's really finding the time that works for you. So sometimes I'll find myself if I do get distracted or I do have to move my work around to either prioritize things for a client or if I um, feel like I am struggling on a piece of task or struggling to focus um, on a piece of work, then I will move it to another day. And sometimes that might be a Sunday. Um, uh -huh. However, that's the charm of freelance. I'm able to do that. Whereas if I was working in a house or in an agency, um, as someone who um, is has been very strict with her team in the past about working the hours that you're specified to do, um, obviously I had to give a good good example. Um, and yeah, I would work. I would obviously wouldn't be working late into the evenings or on a weekend. Um, but yeah, I, that's one of the reasons why I love being able to freelance. Is that if I feel like my brain is overloaded and I don't want to do the work that I'm doing at that point and I can move it to the next day or I can just finish work and just go for a walk or go to the shops or go and watch my favorite TV program. I can do that, um, yeah. which, is, yeah, which is great. But my, my day usually, as I'm a creature of habit, I do usually kind of start around eight-ish and finish any time between five and six. Uh -huh. um, so not, you know, not too long a day, but at the same time, long enough to be able to, you know, to really kind of get that, those focus periods in if I need yeah. to. And how many hours of focus, like, uh, do you aim or are you able to, to get like the maximum per day? Because I've been like, I've been also like trying to adapt different ways because I am not sure if you heard about those buffer days and focus days, mm -hmm. this, this mm -hmm. method. I've been trying this 
but it's not really working for me. And I'm now thinking about doing focus hours before 11, 12, uh, 12 PM, and then doing buffer days in the afternoon. And how, how do you approach that? I don't really have like, yeah, I don't, don't really have, have like a system. Like no, no, I'm a time blocker instead. So I'll block specific amounts of time um, to work on specific tasks. Um, so I do have kind of limitations for myself. So if I do, and I, I will have, cal I will have cal calendar notifications to tell me that in half an hour, I yeah. need to be finishing up and moving on to the next task. Um, so yeah, I think that's my the best way that I kind of work around things. I think every day is different. And as someone who has a, has chronic illnesses, um, it's so important for me to obviously listen to my body yeah. and be able to move things around. Um, if I do get tired or I do get pain or I'm just not feeling it, or again, I don't I don't have the focus, um, then I'm able to kind of move that time around. And I think it's it's what works for you some people pomodoro works absolutely perfect yeah. for them however for me that was absolutely chaos absolute chaos. yeah for me as well um, <laughs> i also tried that <laughs> i just get so distracted by doing other things um and then and then i want to go back to my work and then i end up working for three hours and then going oh i should have taken like six yeah. breaks by now yeah um but i hadn't <laughs> um but yeah I think finding finding that sweet spot is so important um testing out lots of different methods speaking to other people some people I know you know they organize their work like me in blocked time uh some people will just see how things go and then yeah. the work takes a certain amount of time then it takes a certain amount of time um however I need to, you know I need to be strict with myself and the structure really kind of help helps on that side of things yeah, yeah, this the same with me. Tell me, how do you stay up to date with with SEO? How much time do you spend learning? Because I I see that you spend a lot of time learning. I have a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I don't learn as much as I would like to. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of there's a lot of I think learning comes in so many different ways. Um, that's my education side of thing coming through again. So that obviously different types, different people, different types of learners. Um, when yeah. I, back in the day when I was learning like pedagogy, um, I learned about different learning styles. And um, for me, I'm a kinesthetic. Um, I'm a kinesthetic learner. So I learn from doing. Um, and uh -huh. I think a lot of people in SEO are the same because obviously you have to test, you have to learn. Um, Obviously, there are some fantastic resources out there. Um, and obviously, I train people too. So, that you know, there's so yeah. many different things. Um, and there's different ways in which you can learn and you can develop your skills. It's not just about kind of reading books and reading blogs and, and, and learning that way. But you can learn by talking to people. You can learn by yeah. attending talks, um, watching seminars, um, attending um, online events. Um, yeah. Even reading, you know, Twitter threads and things like that. There's a lot of the, you know, the SaaS, especially um, some software tools um, for SEOs. And, you know, a lot of lot of the kind of obviously with Twitter going the way that it is, a lot of people kind of moving slightly away from from focusing all of their efforts on kind of creating content. Like SEMrush used to have, you know, the, the the chats they used to be there's the seo chat and things like that where people can bounce ideas off each other there's fantastic communities again with women in tech seo um there's the mentoring schemes yeah um, that there are out there um so women in tech seo has a mentoring scheme and i'm a mentor and i've got a mentee um hi leanne <laughs> um and also you know there's 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 lots of people that you could reach out to that you could speak to about mentoring because sometimes the best learning is just from sitting and talking to someone yeah um, and yeah kind of bouncing ideas off each other testing and learning things working on things together I think there's so many so many ways in which we can learn about our job um which is great you know I've got friends who work in medicine and there's only certain ways that they can learn about what they need to do yeah. for their exams and things um you know and if someone struggles with reading things online or reading from textbooks um you know there, there are some options for them but we're very lucky in terms of what 
kind of resources there are I think see we're content hungry people um and content is a massive yeah. thing for us um but obviously you know being able to have a diverse range of different kind of sources of information and ways of learning um yeah I find I think that's really important but yeah for me um I keep up with news I read things on Twitter obviously read things like you know your standard search engine land search engine roundtable for all your SEO news um reading things um on content marketing world um uh-huh. attending talks um really connecting with the community and just talk, getting nerdy with friends as well yeah yeah i noticed that interviewing people like like i do it with you it's it's so mm. powerful and i learned so much i didn't even yeah. expect this to be this way yeah <laughs> way more and, than and, i get yeah yeah like every single every single i i'm a, i love podcasts as well so yeah. i am a big fan of listening to podcasts whether it's seo related or not um yeah, so me yeah too. For example, like, yeah like the chat gpt things i don't just learn listen to seo podcasts about it i listen to kind of more social anthropology anthropological podcasts uh-huh. about it too um there's a couple of kind of more yeah social anthropolo- anthropological podcasts that used that used to run so one of my favorite ones has actually stopped now which is really sad oh okay um, but it's still there's they've still got their um they've still got their mailing list so if anyone mm-hmm. wants kind of something that's not to do with seo but it's to do with the internet and posting and all kinds of things like that garbage day is fantastic um okay. but yeah they, they used to have um there was a podcast called the content minds and it was every it was just everything about just anything that was going on in the world of the internet um so there would be podcasts about going to an nft conference um Uh as a person that knew nothing about nfts or there was someone talking about the latest thread on twitter that was angering everyone or it would be about new technology or you know there's so many ways that you can you can kind of suck up all of this content i just don't have enough time in the day to do it unfortunately yeah yeah being able to to take advantage of of all the content that's out there yeah totally and one last question what do you think is the area of seo people aren't focusing enough on and they should start in 2023 and moving forward oh gosh that's difficult (laughs) do you know what it's none of the tech content or links Uh uh-huh okay (laughs) actually just speaking to each other um, between teams so for yeah. example um i was i was part of a um a panel a good few years ago and it's about the intersection of seo and pr um uh-huh. and we were talking about so someone was talking and they said oh it's from the audience and they were just like yeah i i i, I get the, the i get what you're saying because seos want to get so many things that and I want to get my campaigns live and we're fighting against each other con- constantly. And what, how do I, what do we do to get buy-in? And it was just like, well, work together, speak to each other, kind of, you know, combine your efforts. Um, and I think, yeah, as much as people try to silo the different pillars of SEO, um, because obviously, you know, businesses have different departments, they'll have their PR, and their digital PR. Not sometimes in some businesses they'll have kind of digital PR managers who don't even speak to their PR people. Yeah. Um, but I think communication doesn't have to be, you know, going to someone's desk because we're working in a hybrid and remote world now. Um, but being able to communicate and work together, um, because at the end of the day, we're all in this together. Um, you shouldn't see if you shouldn't be on a digital PR team and see the technical SEOs as a threat because we've got enough threats that we need to work against already. We've got finance teams to work against. We've got developers who will always be pushing back our recommendations. Um, We'll have people that will come in and tell us that SEO doesn't matter. We've got got enough issues to deal with um, to then kind of decide on rivalry with different different pillars of seo and different departments 
yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm not keen on that. So obviously, one of the best ways around it is we'll just work together, speak to each other, see what you can do to get buy-in. You know, you might be able to package things up if you're in an agency and you're working with a client that isn't quite over the line with something that you want to get implemented, um, and really work together because you never quite know who's in those teams and what kind of talent and expertise there yeah. is hiding away. Yeah, great, great insight. <laughs> so, <laughs> Natalie, where can people find you? What's the best place to follow you and get in touch with you? So, I'm on Twitter. My Twitter handle is underscore underscore NTA. You can also uh -huh. find me on LinkedIn, Natalie Arney. I'm on Mastodon, which is the same as Twitter. Mm -hmm. um, and also on my website, nataliearney.com. That's A-R-N okay. for November E-Y. <laughs> Take okay. me back to my travel days. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So thank you. It was very nice talking to you. As I said, I learned a ton and I think people learned a ton too. Thank you so much. No worries. Thank you so much for having me. Elgo. It's yes. been a pleasure. And yeah. hopefully see you in Brighton. Yeah, definitely. That's the plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so thank you everyone and see thank you in the you. next episode. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.